My name is Colette Richenberger. Judy Carroll and I have written an historical narrative for children that was published in January called Cameos of Courage. The book features four separate stories showing a slice of life for four different girls who lived from, the 18, from 1856 to the 1880s. The first story, Madeline, the Determined Abolitionist, was authored by Judy. Ten-year-old Madeline Clark, we call her Maddie for short, and her cousin Owen help a runaway slave on his quest for freedom. The chaos of bleeding Kansas with the violent clashes between anti-slavery and pro-slavery forces during the pre-Civil War years provides the backdrop and the opportunity for them to help Daniel, a runaway slave. The setting for the story is Lawrence, Kansas. The unifying character trait of all of these stories is courage. With this background in place, Judy will share some of Maddie's story from the first chapter. Madeline, get your head down lower, my younger cousin Owen said, as we hid behind a cluster of blackberry bushes. A wagon approached and stopped about 20 yards from us, and the driver jumped to the ground. The old mule, pulling the wagon, stood still while the large, gruff-looking driver stepped to the back of the wagon. A young, light-skinned Negro boy, who looked about 10 years old, my age, was tied to the wagon. The driver untied the thick, coarse rope. Blood trickled down the top of the young boy's bare feet from the cuts caused by leg irons around his ankles. I'll teach you to run away, Daniel. Now unload them boxes and set up the tent. You hear me? The man growled as he put his hand to his belt. Massa, can I get a drink first? My mouth is awful dry, Daniel asked. You'll get a drink when I say you can drink, the man replied as he sat on the grass-covered ground and leaned his back against one of the wagon's wheels. When the driver moved, I saw a whip on his belt and a pistol, too. Daniel unloaded the first box from the wagon while the man took a long drink from his canteen. Daniel eyed the canteen, but continued to unload the wagon. Faster, the man yelled. He took another drink. Yes, sir, Daniel answered and turned to unload another box. The back of his shirt was wet with blood and sweat. Spots of dried blood dotted his tattered shirt. Fresh, red-looking blood soaked through where old scabs had loosened. Daniel grimaced as he lifted box after box from the wagon to the ground. Oh no, I gasped when I saw Daniel's back. His eyes darted in our direction, and Owen and I crouched still lower behind the wild blackberry bushes. Daniel saw us. Help me, he mouthed without a sound. Get me some help. The, the driver leaned against the tree trunk, his hat over his face. Loud snorting sounds came from under his hat, and his chest rose and fell asleep. If he woke and caught us talking to Daniel, he might hurt him, and even Owen and I could be harmed. We carefully stepped back from the wagon. If a twig snapped, the driver might wake. What are we going to do? Owen asked when we moved far away enough to not be heard. I don't know, but I'm determined to help Daniel. I'll think of a way, I answered. Owen and I rushed home to tell Papa about Daniel. Papa, a preacher back home in New York, now held church services 
in our cabin each Sunday. He sat at the table reading his Bible in preparation for Sunday services when Owen and I burst into the kitchen. Whoa, slow down, children. There is no need to run, Papa said. He leaned back and folded his arms. But Papa, I said impatiently, catch your breath, Maddie. Then you can tell me what is so important. Where have you two been? Papa asked, tugging on his mustache. We had to run. We were afraid. We had to tell someone, Owen said, talking fast. Papa, we saw a man. He was mean. He hit Daniel, and Daniel's shirt was all torn and bloody. Who is Daniel? Papa asked. The boy with the bloody shirt. He had leg irons on, and he was a Negro. He asked us to help him, I said. Papa frowned. Tell me the whole story from the beginning, he said, and leaned forward. Owen and I climbed Mount Oriad this morning to count the new cabins and tents. On our way home, we saw a strange wagon coming into town, so we hid behind the bushes. The driver yelled at Daniel and wouldn't let him get a drink. He made Daniel unload the wagon, too. When Daniel turned to get a box off the wagon, I saw his back. Bright red blood stains and old dried brown spots covered the back of his shirt. It looked awful, and I couldn't stop myself from gasping when I saw it. I said, that's when Daniel asked us to help him. The man couldn't hear Daniel because he was asleep by then. We didn't know what to say to Daniel or how to help him. That's why we ran to find you. We knew you would want to help too. Can we tar and feather him, Uncle? Owen asked. Or put him in jail, I added. No, Owen, we can't tar and feather him. I'm afraid we can't put him in jail either, Maddie, Papa said with a smile. But we have to do something, Papa, I said, and folded my arms across my chest. Of course we'll do something. We'll find a way to help Daniel, Papa said. First, we must find out who this man is. In the next session, Judy will continue with the story. The burning question is, why did the Clarks come to Kansas? She'll answer that next time.